G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Trials. We all have them. Some seem to have them by the dozen. Pastor Greg Laurie says difficulty can lead to ministry. Okay, so you've got your problems, and now here's the question. Can you somehow give glory to God through that? Can you find a way to remember that God is still in control of your life, and He's going to work it out for His glory and your good ultimately? Can you use it as an opportunity to proclaim Christ to others? This is the day when the lost are The song says if we never had a problem, we'd never know God can solve them. And if we never let God solve our problems, how will our friends know that God can solve their problems? On A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that our trials are an opportunity to put our faith to work and to put our faith on display. It's good insight from one of the top 10 most requested messages of the past year. And if you're going through a tough time today, there's some good encouragement straight ahead. Why does God allow Christians to go through trials and testings? I mean, it happens. And that's what we're going to look at now, James chapter 1. We're going to talk about this from many verses, but this will be our anchor text. We're going to read verses 2 to 4. My brothers, writes James, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the test of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work in you that you may be mature, lacking nothing. Okay, so we wonder, why does God allow trials? God allows trials in our lives so we will grow up spiritually. You want to be a growing Christian, right? God will allow trials in your life so you will grow up spiritually. The G.B. Phillips translation of verse 4 says, Let this process go on until you become men of mature character. Here's number two. God allows trials in our lives. And that's true. But even when things look bleak, all things work together for God's glory and your good. God is in control of all circumstances that surround the believer. There really are no accidents. There's just providence. And that's a good thing to remember. The Job story shows us that the devil can do nothing in the life of the believer without the express permission of God. Well, remember the story of when the angels of the Lord went to present themselves before the Lord and Satan was among them because Satan is a fallen angel. And God started bragging on Job. You remember God said to the angels, 
Satan there as well. Have you considered my servant Job a perfect and upright man, one that fears God and shuns evil? And, and the devil began to challenge that assertion of the Lord. But we might ask the question, well, why would God allow Satan to hassle us? Because Satan went on to say, you know what? Job fears you because you bless him. Job follows you because you give him a lot of cool stuff. Loose paraphrase there. Job is your servant because of what he gets out of it. But if he had any calamity, if he lost his possessions, if he lost his livelihood, and certainly if he lost his health, he would curse you to your face. And God actually allowed the devil to wreak havoc in Job's life with limitations. You say, but, but why would God do that? If God loves someone, why would he allow it? Even the devil can serve the purposes of God. Now, God will not allow me to be tested above which I'm able, but what with the temptation, give me a way of escape that I may be able to bear it. Simple way to sum that up. God won't give me more than I can handle, but God will allow these things. Why? Because in a way the devil can sometimes do God's work. It'll determine if I'm really a believer or not a believer. Trials will only make a believer stronger because they will cling more tightly to Christ. But that same trial may turn a non-believer away because they were never clinging tightly to Christ. So in a way these trials, these testings, can help determine if you're really a Christian. Man, Job's wife certainly wasn't supportive. After all the calamity befell him and his broke out in boils and, and he's lost everything, she says to him, why don't you just curse God and die? Really? Job said, you weren't saying that when you were driving the Mercedes. <laughs> so it doesn't appear that she ever believed. I don't know about her at all. But he, he clung to the Lord. But listen, God works these things out for good. Did you read that crazy story in the news about this man that was bitten by a shark? I mean, that's about the worst case scenario. I guess the only thing worse is being eaten and swallowed by a shark. This man was bitten by a shark, but... The article pointed out that the shark saved his life. Did you hear about this? As it turns out, when he was being treated for his shark bite, it was discovered he had a tumor on his kidney and it was cancer. And apparently if he had not been bitten, this would not have been discovered. And by then it could have been too late. He had the cancer removed and did not receive any radiation or chemotherapy. And this man, whose name is Eugene Finney, said, I'm thankful for the shark attack. He said, the shark saved my life. And sometimes something will happen to you and say, this is the worst thing that can happen. And then as time passes, suddenly you look back and you go, actually that was kind of a good thing. Actually the Lord used that to make a very needed change in my life. Again, we love that verse, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to those who what? Love God. And other called according to his purpose. And that brings me to my next point, point three. God's ultimate purpose for us in trials, and really in life, is to conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. Again, Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and are the called according to his purpose. Verse 29, for whom he foreknew, he also did predestine that they might be conformed into the image of his own dear son. God's long-term goal for you is to become like Jesus. So there are things we go through in life and it's bad. 
And then the bad thing can become a good thing, like the guy with the shark bite. But then there are things in life that are bad. They stay bad. And they're always bad. Am I right? They never are good. Tragedies? That wasn't good. Now maybe good came out of it. But it never becomes a good thing. And by the way, God doesn't say a bad thing always will become a good thing. It says He'll cause all things to work together for good. But here's the bigger picture. Some of the things that God is doing in your life are not going to be discovered until we get to heaven. And you'll realize that all those things were designed to make you more like Jesus. So some benefits of trials we will see in this life and other benefits of trials will not be seen until the afterlife. Just know this. God is at work. It might be through irritating people. Oh, irritating people. Did you ever stop and think that you are maybe one of those irritating? No, not me. It's the other people, not me. Well, we're probably all irritating to someone, I'm sure. It might be an emotional low. It might even be a tragedy, like the loss of a loved one. But we must remember this. These pains are temporary. Second Corinthians 4.17 says, Our present troubles are small, and they won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we see now. Rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. Thanks for joining us. Pastor Greg's offering some really good encouragement today about the trials of our lives. It's one of the most requested studies of the past year called why does God allow trials in the life of the believer? Let's continue. Point number four. Suffering can bring glory to God. How so? Well, any fool can be happy when the sky is blue and the sun is shining and everything's going well. But when a storm is coming, it's a different matter. Back to Job again. Satan challenged God, who was bragging on Job, and said, you bless him and that's why he follows you. So the Lord allowed the calamities. But what did Job do? When the bottom of life dropped out, he worshiped God, showing Satan was wrong. And all of God's confidence in Job was not misplaced at all. And then there are those times when God can be glorified through just intervening and doing a miracle. I mean, maybe you're sick and, and you go to the doctor and they say, uh, you have cancer and there's nothing we can do and you might as well get your affairs in order uh, because you may only have a few months to live. And then you go to church and you say, I need prayer. And then you go and you get rechecked and suddenly the tests reveal the cancer is gone and the doctors can't figure it out. What happened? A miracle. God still does things like that today. We hear stories like this all the time. He intervenes. He does the miracle. He provides that sum of money that is needed. He comes through in some amazing way. He still does it. So sometimes God is glorified by removing the problem and resolving the situation. How many of you have had what looked like an insurmountable problem that was overruled by God. He intervened. Okay, so that's most of you. That's fantastic. Thank God when that happens. But then there are times when God will be glorified, 
Not by the removal of the problem, but by leaving it there and having you worship him just the same. And that's a powerful testimony. That's what happened to Paul and Silas, who were thrown into a prison for preaching the gospel. And the Bible says at midnight they began to sing praises to God and the other prisoners were listening. I don't think they'd ever heard singing in a hellhole like that before. But Paul and Silas were able to give God glory at midnight. And, and then of course you remember that they'd been treated so badly by that Roman jailer who whipped them and had a hard heart. But then the earthquake came, a miracle happened. Uh, all the prisoners could have run free if they wanted to. And the jailer was about to kill himself because he knew if he lost his prisoners he would be executed by Rome. And Paul said, don't harm yourself, we're all here. And that jailer said, sirs, tell me, what must I do to be saved? You see, their testimony won him over because they gave God the glory, not after the earthquake, but before. And that's the time to give God the glory. So let's say you're that person that gets the the unfortunate diagnosis. You're the person that has the tragedy befall you. You're the person that hears the bad news. You say, well, I'll give God the glory when He fixes it. No, no. You give God the glory now. Right now you give Him the glory. Because He's still in control. He's going to work it ultimately together for His glory and your good. He's going to make you more like Jesus. Again, coming back to Job, when he heard the horrible things that happened, the loss of his possessions, his livelihood, and worst of all, the loss of all of his children, we read, Job prayed and worshiped and said, Naked came I into this world, naked go I out. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the Bible goes on to say, And all of this Job did not blame God or charge him foolishly. Sometimes God will allow the hardship. Listen to this. God can be glorified even in disability. A disability can become an ability when placed in the hands of God. A disadvantage can actually become an advantage. You say, I don't, I don't know what that means. Don't use these tricky words with me, preacher. What do you mean? <laughs> okay, let me illustrate. My friend Nick Vojacic. You know who I'm talking about? If you don't, Nick was born in Australia without arms and legs. He's limbless. And uh, he's one of the most joyful Christians I've ever met. And I'll tell you what, here's where his disability turns into an ability. They'll put him in front of a bunch of high school kids, uh, many of them struggling with their own problems, some of them being bullied, some of them even feeling maybe life isn't worth living. And Nick Vujicic is literally, and I mean no disrespect when I say this, he has to be picked up and placed on a table because he can't get there on his own. And there he stands and they look at this young man and he talks about how good God is and how God has helped him. All of a sudden you look at your problems with a new perspective. Think, man, if he can rejoice, why am I not rejoicing? And, and though it's very hard for Nick and, and he still, this is the most difficult challenge imaginable he has chosen to not waste his pain and to leverage this problem into a way to bring glory to God. And the Lord's opened up doors for Nick all around the world to bring hope and help and most of all to bring Jesus to so many people. So 
That's a disability being turned into an ability. That's a disadvantage being turned into an advantage. Another example is Johnny Erickson Tata. You've heard of her. Uh, Johnny is a, a wonderful lady who uh, many years ago, actually in 1967, she was a young teenager. She dove off a little uh, dock and had a spinal cord injury that paralyzed her from the neck down. And uh, just the worst thing that could happen to a young person. And, and yet Johnny, uh, despite the severe disability, has brought hope to millions of people. They made a movie about her life and she's written many books. And, but she still deals with pain. In fact, recently, if it wasn't hard enough uh, to be in her condition, she got breast cancer. And uh, she was interviewed uh, by a magazine. And in this magazine she said these words. Uh, she said she was in a battle against principalities and powers and that want us to despair. She said, so I have to actively participate. And she takes as her theme, Hebrews 10.38, where God says, my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Johnny says, I don't want to be one of those who shrink back. I don't want to tarnish his name. And uh, thankfully they did surgery and the cancer was removed. But what a shining example she is. She said, I'm on this battlefield and my question is, how can I glorify God? Okay, so you've got your problems and, and I don't want to diminish what you're going through because you say, okay, my problems aren't that bad, but there's still problems, Greg. Okay, <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah, problem's a problem, a trial's a trial. Whatever it is, big, small, somewhere in the middle, Okay, but now here's the question. Can you somehow give glory to God through that? Can you find a way to remember that God is still in control of your life and He's going to work it out for His glory and your good ultimately? Can you use it as an opportunity to proclaim Christ to others? Yes, sometimes He will remove the affliction and sometimes He'll be glorified in the affliction. Coming back to Job for the last time, you know, when his whole world fell apart, he didn't say, I understand it. He just said, blessed be the name of the Lord. He just called out to the Lord. And that's what we need to do as well. Some solid encouragement from God's Word today. It's one of Pastor Greg's most requested studies of the past year here on A New Beginning, and there's more to come on Monday. Pastor Greg will bring his final insights then on this important message, Why Does God Allow Trials in the Life of the Believer? It's one of our top 10 most requested studies of the past 12 months. Hope you can join us again, same time on Monday. Now for a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called, Why Does God Allow Trials in the Life of the Believer? Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 